Well, I hope that's your desire today. I hope it's your plan. I hope it's what you're working towards. And when the roll is called up yonder, you'll be there. Now, you're going to be at one of two places when the roll's called, because there's going to be two roll calls. There's going to be one at the judgment seat of Christ that we've already talked about, where we'll be judged for our labors and the work that we've done, the house that we've built, the things we've already covered that one in one of the messages. But there's also going to be another judgment, the great white throne judgment. That's the one you don't want to be at. And the Lord willing, we'll get around to that one before all this is said and done somewhere along the way. Well, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Appreciate you being here to worship the Lord with us. What a beautiful Sunday morning it's been so far. We're just expecting the Lord to continue to work and bless among his people. Especially if you're visiting with us, we want to extend a very warm and hearty welcome to you. We're just delighted that you're here to be with us today. Make yourself at home. Enjoy the blessings of the Lord with us. And let's just allow him to do some great and good things for us here in this service this morning. I'm going to let you stay seated again this morning because I'm not going to read the text because my message is going to actually be taken out of two chapters this morning and I'm not going to take time to read those. I do want you to open your Bibles there though to Revelation chapter 8 and chapter 9 because I want you to follow along with me. You may want to underline and mark some of the verses as we go along. So please be opening your Bibles, if you will, to Revelation chapter 8 and Revelation chapter 9. While you're doing that, let me join Pastor Chris in reminding you of a couple of things. Remind you that first of all, uh, this coming Thursday evening, our Empower services, we now call them Empower 19, Empower Services, which was has been known as our conference camp meeting, will be going on starting Thursday night, Friday night, and then Sunday night with the Global Outreach Service. Three nights, three exciting services, and may I just tell you, all three of these speakers that are going to be there are outstanding speakers. They, they are some of the best for what they do, and I just want to encourage you to make every effort that you can to be there uh, for these services. You will be blessed, and I want to encourage you, get together with two or three if you need to, and get in a couple cars, a caravan, or whatever you need to do, and uh, let, let's get out to the Empower services at Brown Summit this week. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. The Lord is going to be there, and again, there's some very outstanding speakers lined up, and I want to encourage you to make every effort that you possibly can to be there for those services. And then next Sunday morning, as has already been said, your new pastor will be here standing where I am, the Lord willing today, filling this pulpit, and he will launch into his ministry and into their time with us. So you will certainly want to be here for that, and I trust that you'll make every effort to do so. Come believing, come praying, Let's come expecting the Lord to just use uh, that family to lead this church forward and to do some great and mighty things in the coming days and in the coming months ahead. All right, let's open our Bibles now. Revelation chapter 8 and chapter 9. We're going to jump right into this material because there's a whole lot here to say. 
Uh, you will remember that last week we were looking at a little book, a little scroll that was held by the one who sits upon the throne of heaven in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation. That little book, you remember, was bound by seven seals. And a cry went out across heaven for someone that was able to break the seals on that little book. We watched as God's Lamb, His only Son, our Savior, took that little book from His hand. He was the only one found in the heavens or on the earth below that was able to break the seals and open that book. And you remember we watched as the seals were broken one by one. And as they were, we watched as God's wrath began to pour out upon this earth. Each time a seal was broken, God poured out another judgment upon this earth and the things that are coming on this earth. You remember that when that seventh seal was broken in chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, you remember that there was a solemn silence observed in heaven. And during that time of silence, the prayers of God's afflicted and persecuted people were offered up to Him. And seven angels came forward and prepared to sound seven trumpets. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, what we call the trumpet judgments. You'll remember that with the sounding of these trumpets, there is a new dimension of judgment that's going to be introduced into end time events. Each time a trumpet sounds, just as each time a seal was broken, there's going to be a new judgment poured out on this earth. As these end time judgments unfold, we're going to see, I want you to watch this now because I told you last week, these progressively get worse and worse, darker and darker. I want you to notice as these trumpets sound, we're going to be introduced as never before to the world of the weird, the world of the occult, the world of raw satanic power. These things are going to be unleashed on this earth like they've never been before. If you think there's some bad things going on now, you wait till these trumpets begin to sound. No, don't wait. I hope you're gone when they begin to sound, but you, you just watch and see what's going to be happening. Things are going to come on this world unlike anything we've ever seen or ever imagined as these trumpets begin to sound. What we're going to see in essence when you add it all up, we're going to see during this period of time, we're going to see a world ruled by Satan. We're going to see a world literally, literally during this span of time and we're not sure how long each of these series of things is going to take. It'll all be a total of about seven years. But during this span of time, we're literally going to see the world ruled by Satan because under these judgments, Satan's man that we met previously in one of the messages, 
His man, the Antichrist, is going to literally be taking over the world. Remember we talked about how the world will worship him, how the world will just go gaga over him. And the Antichrist is going to literally, during this period of time, he's going to literally be taking over the world. He's been waiting in the shadows while the seal judgments were torn apart or while the seals were opened and the world was being torn apart and reduced into chaos. And by the time that is over, what we looked at last week, by the time those seals are broken and the world is in such chaos, the perfect time for the Antichrist to step forward as the Savior. To step forward and say, hey, I'm what you've been, I know how to settle all this. I know how to fix all this. And as we looked last week, the world is literally going to run after him. By now, men are ready for anybody that they think is clever enough and strong enough to bring sanity back to the world. But what they don't know is he's going to bring more insanity. He's going to bring more insanity to the world. But at this point, the world is just ready to welcome with open arms anybody that they think can begin to straighten out and fix what's gone on under the seal judgments. The stage is now set and ready for the Antichrist to take center stage. And we're going to see the world literally ruled by Satan. That trinity of hell that we looked at last week will come to full power. With the Antichrist, the false prophet by his side, the devil himself by his side, that awful trinity of hell will now begin to literally rule and literally take center stage in this world. All right, with that in mind, let's begin to look at these seven trumpets. The first trumpet is going to sound in chapter 8 and verse 7. And when it does, there's going to be a storm, an awful ecological something of fire, hail, and blood that's going to be poured out upon the earth. Look at verse 7, if you will. The Bible says when that angel sounded, there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And a third part of the trees were burnt up and the green grass was burnt up. All of a sudden out of heaven, fire and hail and blood are going to fall on this planet. Can you imagine the heavens raining down fire and hail and blood? Can you imagine the terror and the torment that's going to begin to create? And when it does, a third of the trees and the grass is going to be burned up. Now I think there's two possibilities here. You remember we've talked about the fact that in these judgments, there's a mixture of literal things happening, literally, and then there's also symbolism that's going on, that's being presented. That's a deeper underlying thing than the physical thing itself. I believe here is one of those prime examples. I believe that first of all, this is a literal ecological disaster. I believe literally 
have fire and hail and blood will be rained upon the earth. This parallels, you remember, the seventh plague in the land of Egypt. You remember when the plagues were going on in Egypt and God was getting ready to deliver his people? You remember this same kind of thing happened then. This parallels that. But I also believe it will not only be a literal, ecological thing that's going to happen, raining down on this world, but I believe it also symbolizes a great political upheaval. I say that for this reason. Trees are frequently used in the Bible to symbolize kings and leaders. And grass is often used to depict ordinary people. So as you see here, the, the, the political upheaval that is coming to people, to government. I believe what you see here, not only literally, but I believe symbolically it's telling us that at the same time, there's going to be a great shaking of the old establishment. The old establishment is being overthrown and the new world order under the Antichrist is being put into place. So I think you're going to have two things going on at one time. An ecological disaster. And then to try to calm it down and do something. The, the, the political uprising that's going to be going on. Represented by the trees and the grass. The kings and the people. And then the Antichrist just steps into the midst of it all. And seems to have the answer. You see how this is going to work? You see how this is going to play out? And so the first trumpet sounds with this great ecological disaster and the great upheaval of the old systems getting everything ready for the Antichrist to set up his kingdom. Then in verses 8 and 9, the second trumpet sounds and the seas are affected. The Bible says that it's probably going to be another great ecological disaster the Bible says that a mountain burning with fire, that's probably some great meteorological mass, is going to fall out of the heavens. And one third of the seas are going to become blood. One third of the creatures are going to die in the sea. And one third of the ships that are on the sea are going to be destroyed. Can you imagine what, what, what kind of upheaval that's going to create? This, this massive thing falls out of the sky. This massive meteorological something. A mountain that's described burning with fire. Falls into the ocean. And a third of the sea becomes like blood. A third of the creatures die. Can, can you imagine as that goes out over the news, as that, as that goes out over this nation, can you imagine what it's going to do? Now I believe again there's some symbolism involved here. I believe it will be literal. I believe it will happen to the oceans, just like it says. But I believe there's also going to be some symbolism here. You see, the, the, the sea is often a symbol in the Bible for the Gentile nation. A lot of times when the Bible uses the, the symbolism of the sea, coming up out of the sea, the oceans, it, it's talking about great world powers, the Gentile nations in particular. And mountains often stand for great world powers. 
So you see what you have here is symbolically again, the Gentile nations being bombarded, the world powers being bombarded, and some more of the upheaval among the nations that again is going to prepare the Antichrist to just emerge. You see how all of it just comes together? Now watch this picture. I, I want this just to begin to grow in your mind. As I've studied this this week and gone through it, and the one I'm going to be preaching tonight, I got I got to admit to you, I've I've almost become just just I don't know if the word's depressed. I I, I don't know what it is. As it begins to build, as you begin to see what's going to be happening, it's almost unbelievable. The, the world is being shaken now. Fire coming out of heaven. The seas becoming blood. A third of this dead. A third of this. And then the nations and everything rising up and in such turmoil. And suddenly this great supposed Savior, the Antichrist, says, hey, I got this. And the world's just going to flock after him. I remember as a teenager hearing my daddy and other preachers preach this. And I used to think, how will the world be so deceived? Here's how. The world's going to be in such a turmoil as this man comes forward and can just seem to have every answer. They're going to flock at him like a flock at his feet, like a young and looking for candy. They're going to come to him. So the world is being shaken. The world of nature is being shaken. And the old system and governments are being torn apart. And the stage is set. The third trumpet sounds, verses 10 to 11. Look down there. Verses 10 to 11. A great star burning like a lamp, the Bible says, falls from heaven. A great star falls out of heaven. And the symbolic name that is given to this star is Wormwood. A great star symbolically named Wormwood is going to fall out of the sky. And as it does, it's going to make a third of the waters of this world turn bitter. Now the oceans are turning to blood, a third of them. The earth is being shaken. Things are being burned. And now suddenly a third of the water of the earth becomes bitter to the taste. You can't drink a third of the water. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Now again, I think you've got some symbolism here. I think this is literally happening as an ecological. This star's going to fall. The, the, the heavens are now raining things down. But at the same time, stars in the Bible often represents angels. You know that often stars and angels are, are interchangeable words. And here I believe what you have is this great falling star here. Most Bible scholars believe is none other than Satan himself being cast out of heaven. How many of you know the primary dwelling place of Satan today is the heavens right above our head. The devil doesn't walk around on this earth all the time. He comes occasionally apparently because you remember in the book of Job when God asked him, what you been doing? He said, oh, just walking up and down throughout the earth, seeing what's going on. So occasionally he comes to earth, but he's not allowed on this earth to stay. He is restricted to the heavens just above our heads. 
You understand, that's where the enemy is doing. The devil himself is, he, is doing most of his work. And most Bible scholars believe that here, God is finally, you see how God slowly, step by step, just bringing this thing right to where he's, right to where he's going to take over. We'll talk about that tonight. Don't, don't lose hope this morning. We, we're going to see the right man take over tonight. <laughs> you want to be here tonight. But, but many Bible scholars believe that this great star coming out of heaven is none other than Satan himself being cast down to this earth. And now he's so angry that he is no longer the prince and power of the air that he vents his rage against humanity by turning a third of the waters sour, by turning a third of the waters bitter, by raining upon this earth again the great tragedy that is coming. So the third trumpet is sounded. Ecological disasters are occurring everywhere. The world systems and governments are in such an uproar and the Antichrist has stepped to the front now to take it all over. And the world is flocking to him. What a picture. What a picture. But it's not over. The fourth trumpet sounds. The fourth trumpet sounds in verses 12 to 13. And a third of the sun, the moon, and the stars are now darkened. One third of the sun, the moon, and the stars are suddenly, they suddenly go dark. It's interesting to me if you go back in your Bible, you remember the sun and the moon and the stars were created in creation on the fourth day. You notice here, under the sound of the fourth trumpet, a third of them is going to go black. I think that's interesting. They were created on the fourth day. They were created on the fourth day of creation and now under the sounding of the fourth trumpet. It's like God just snuffs out, just snuffs out. A third of their light. A third of the sun and the moon and the stars will suddenly just go black. There's going to be a great upheaval now in the solar system. There's already these great ecological upheavals going on on the earth. And suddenly now the heavens, a third of them go black as midnight. The stars won't twinkle. Twinkle. The sun will not shine. The moon will not glow for a third of the time. And this earth will begin to be plunged into darkness. Can you imagine the, 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 the natural results of this disaster? You know what the sun and the moon, those things help control. Can you imagine what this is going to do to weather systems? Can you imagine what a third of their disappearance is going to do to the tides of the ocean? Can you imagine what it's going to do to the temperature? Can you imagine what it'll do to crops that are left on the earth? Can you imagine when a third of those celestial things that control so much are suddenly gone? The, the, the upheaval that it's going to bring to this earth? As that begins to happen? Folks, you don't want to be here. You don't want to, I tell you, if I was here this morning not saved, I don't think I'd wait till I finish this sermon till I'd be in this altar. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here when this is going on. I don't want to be here. 
Can you imagine the results of that? And then as if that isn't enough, under this trumpet, an angel now proclaims a threefold woe on man. He says, woe, woe, woe. And what he's saying is that the third trumpets to come are going to be far worse than the four you've heard already. This angel, not only is all of this happening, but there's an angel that flies through heaven and says, Woe to the earth! Woe to the earth! Woe to the earth! What's about to come is worse than anything you've seen so far. Do you see what's happening here? The world has now literally become a sphere of satanic activity. Do you realize at this point, Satan's been cast out of heaven to the earth. The Antichrist and the Trinity of hell is in charge of the planet, it seems. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? What is totally going on here? Can you imagine the sphere of satanic and demonic activity? All restraints are now gone. All restraints are gone. Nature is being turned upside down. The world, you remember from the seals, the worlds are at war. Peace is gone. Famine and shortages are everywhere. Death is everywhere. Persecution is breaking out everywhere. They're murdering those that are still naming the name of Christ, trying to turn to Him. Nature's turned upside down. The nations are in turmoil. And the Antichrist is taking control. How bad can it get? But the angel says, woe, woe, woe to this earth. Woe to what is coming. The ninth chapter now opens with the sounding of the fifth trumpet. Look at that ninth chapter. This section of scripture may be the most revealing section in all of the Bible concerning demonology. Look at chapter 9, verses 1 to 12. We don't have time to read them. But suddenly, this fallen star that we looked at a while ago that we believe is Satan himself, this fallen star is given permission to open the abyss of hell and to loose on the world a host of evil spirits. And they are described as locusts. Now folks, button your seatbelts. This is getting ready to get bad. You, You think all I've described so far? Suddenly the devil is given the ability, the right to open the pits of hell. And creatures, locusts, Now, they're really not locusts in the sense that we think of them because you you read there, they're not coming to eat grass and trees and limbs. They're coming to eat you. They're not locusts in the sense that we would think of locusts now. Well, Lord, that'd be bad enough. But the Bible says they're coming 
for something else. These locusts come up out of the ground. One writer described them as satanic cherubim. They are supernatural. They are incapable of death. You can't kill one of them. They are led by the angels of the bottomless pit. They're likened unto horses, men, lions, and scorpions. What a description. They're likened unto horses, men, lions. Let's look at that. The Bible says here they have teeth like lions. That denotes the fierceness and the tenacity with which they will attack their victims. You ever watch footage of lions? chasing animals on the plains and they catch an animal. And you, you know how those, how those lions kill them with the tenacity of their jaws. They get them in their jaws. You ever watched, watched it on TV? And, and with their teeth, they, they, they big old buffaloes. I mean, they, with the tenacity of their teeth. When these things hit you, they're not going to put a little sting in you with their tails. The tenacity of their teeth will grab your flesh and pull it out by the chunks. You can't kill them, you can swat them, you can spray them, you can get rayed. Whatever you want to, Bible says you can't kill them. You can't kill them. And they'll grab you and tear the flesh off the side of your face. They have breastplates of iron. That emphasizes how impervious they are to destruction. Their wings sound like horses and chariots running. Can you imagine day and night, the sound you're going to hear is the sound of horses and chariots charging into battle. And it's going to be these bugs, these scorpions. The sound of their wings will fill the air. Did any of you see yesterday the plague of grasshoppers that's all over Las Vegas? God keeps sending them on that wicked place. Yeah, did you see that on television? Those grasshoppers. I watched that and thought about what I'm going to preach this morning. I thought, oh God, help our people be watching this. It's just a little foretaste of what we're talking about this morning. I've never seen anything like it. They, they, they were showing it in Las Vegas. I, I mean, it's like the air was just covered with them. People swatting them. Somebody had a yardstick look like they were one place that's piled up, what, three, four, five inches deep? And just, and just swarming. But that's just grasshoppers. You hear how I'm describing these boys? But you want to know what you you want to know what you what you're facing if you're here. Try to catch the footage of that if they're showing some more of it today. Try to catch try to catch it on news if you can today. Their wings sound like horses and chariots. Their tails sting like scorpions. And they're crowned. The Bible says, which means they're given absolute authority and absolute ascendancy over the human race. An animal you can't kill, 
He's impervious to pain. He's clawing your flesh away by the mouthfuls. He's stinging with a sting that... Can you imagine? You said, Brother Moore, what what do we make of this? I'll tell you what I make of it. The world has rejected God and rejected His Holy Spirit. We're living in that world today. It's already started, folks. They're daring us almost to say the name God. Did you notice the other day where one of the states, somebody in honor fallen soldiers had put up a thing, just had the word Lord on it. They've made them take the word Lord off. Folks, we're not making this stuff up. This is beginning to happen. Are you awake? How close must we be to this? The Holy Spirit and God has been thrown out the truth of the gospel. And so now God is doing just what the world is asking Him to do. He's given us over to evil and demonic spirits. You don't want my Holy Spirit? I'll send this spirit. See what you think. You don't want the Holy Ghost work. You don't want the Holy Spirit working in your life. Let's see how you like demonic spirits turned loose on this earth. Let's see how you like that. That's what's happening. We've blasphemed the name of God. We, we've, we've, we, we, we've thrown Him out of government. We've thrown Him off the earth in a sense. God says, all right, I'll just unleash the powers of darkness. See how you like the, re- the other side. What's the end result of this? The Bible says this will be so bad. Look at this. This is almost unbelievable. That men will seek to die and can't. I take that to mean you, you won't be able to even commit suicide. You can take a gun, pull the trigger, and blow, blow the side of your head off, and you'll still be alive. Men will seek to die. This torment will be so good. What is going on by this point is going to be so great that men will seek to die and cannot. Cannot die. Folks, I, I, I'm not making this up. Now, if, you know, if you don't believe this book, then I, I don't know where that leaves you, but if you believe this book, this is what's coming. This is what's coming. The sixth trumpet sound. Verses 13 through 21, chapter 9. We're in chapter 9 now. The sixth trumpet sounds and four angels are released from the Euphrates River. Now watch this one. It's very important for a message to come. The Euphrates River was the ancient dividing line between the nations of the east and the nations of the west. And it's connected in scripture to the great Babylon, the city of Babylon, and the Babylonian Empire. Here are possibly four angelic beings that many Bible scholars believe 
are the Satan's vice regents who ruled over the world's empires of Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Those great world empires leading up to the time of Christ. Those great world empires that ravaged the world. Most Bible scholars believe that these four angels are the vice regents of the spirit world that help control those nations. And now they're released to help bring about an empire that's going to embrace the world. They're released now to help the, the Antichrist bring together, pull together the, 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 the empire he's going to have in place. These angels are released from the Euphrates River to do that. They have accomplices. Look in verse 16. These angels bring with them horses and riders with breastplates of fire, jangseth and brimstone. In other words, a satanic cow cavalry is coming with them. More spirit beings. And their activity, these that come with the angels, will result in another one-third of the human race being killed. Folks, do you, do, do you get the picture? The Word is painting and I'm trying to paint for you out of the Word. The world is in upheaval. The systems are being destroyed. The, the sun and moon and stars are going dark. And the earth is bathed in blood and scorpions and horses and stars. And, and man is seeking to die now. People are literally wanting to die and can't. Can't. cannot die. Many Bible scholars believe that this event is tied to what goes on in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, which is the Russian invasion of Israel. One day Russia and those northern nations are going to come down and invade Israel, and Israel is going to overthrow them. But in that happening, the path to world dominion is going to be cleared for the beast. In that event, the path for utter world dominion will be cleared. The beast will make a peace treaty with Israel for a while. And the stage is finally going to be set. The stage is finally going to be set. But I want you to look at verse 20 and 21. This, this is so interesting to me. And I, I, I wish we could just take, take a lot more time to deal with all this. But verse 20 and 21. I want you to look at this. After all I have described so far. After everything you've just heard. The Bible says, And the rest of men which were not killed by these plagues repented not of the works of their hands that they should not in other words they refused to quit worshiping devils idols of gold and silver brass and stone and of wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk neither repented they of their murders their sorceries their fornication or their theft 
Can you imagine a world so vile and wicked now that men are going through everything I've described for the last 30 minutes or so? And the end result is the Bible says they refuse to repent or to give up the way they're living. Folks, that's where this world is coming to. That's where this world is coming to. But then, the seventh trumpet sounds. Verses 15 to 19. Watch this one. It's going to set the stage for where we're going tonight. The world is now firmly in Satan's grasp. By the time you get here, Antichrist, Satan, the Trinity of hell are fully ruling and reigning over this earth. Well, it appears. We know who's still in charge of everything. But for the moment, for the moment, they are ruling this earth. God's just backed off. Said, all right, that's what man wants. Let's see how you like it. Go to it, boys. The trinity of hell has been opened. Hell has literally been opened. I hear people talking about hell on earth. It's hell on earth now. You don't know hell on earth. You don't ever want to know hell on earth. What I've been describing is hell on earth. You don't want to let those locusts loose. You don't want to let those angels loose, those demons from the pits of hell. But they're loose now. This world is firmly in Satan's grasp. His man is securely enthroned. But the sounding of this trumpet is going to bring an end to what the Bible calls the mystery phase of God's dealing with men. Look in chapter 10, verse 7. Let me read that verse. Verse 7 of chapter 10. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, the mystery of God shall be finished. The mystery of God will be finished. Now watch this and I'm closing. The sound of this trumpet will bring to an end the mystery phase of God's dealing with men. What is the mystery phase? The mystery phase is God's delay in taking the kingdom to Himself. It's God's delay and allowing sin to run its course. It's God's way of letting things get worse and worse until it's run its course. Have you ever wondered, as wicked and bad as things are now, have you ever wondered, Lord, how long till you're going to stay? How long? Lord, how, how long are you going to let this go on? How, how long are you going to let this happen? I've watched those pictures over the last months of the people kneeling on the sands and the people
People with their swords chopping the heads off of every Christian they can find. I look at it and I think, God, how long? How long do you let this go on? Have you ever wondered why and how sin just keeps getting worse and worse and you think it's bad now? Wait till all this happens. That is what the Bible calls the mystery faith. It's what the Bible calls the mystery phase. It is the period of time where God is letting sin run its course. Letting sin have its day. Now I can't explain all that. I can't explain all the logic. I can't explain. I just know that's what it is. God is allowing sin to run its course. God is allowing sin to have its day. You want to serve Satan? All right. You want to live this way? Okay. You want to murder a million babies a year? Go ahead. Take them to play in parenthood. You want to let men and women go in each other's bathrooms and mess your children? Go ahead. Keep voting those folks in. God lets sin run its course. Sometimes I find myself saying, Oh God, how long? How long? I'm reminded. I'm letting it run its course. I don't know how long. I don't know how much longer. But I know this, somewhere beyond the starry sky, there stands an angel with a trumpet in his hand. (laughs) And at the right time, that trumpet is going to sound. And the mystery phase is going to be over. God's going to slam the door on evil and say, enough, enough, enough. That's coming as sure as you're hearing my voice. (laughs) As sure as you're sitting in this auditorium. And verse 15 of chapter 11 is going to come true. The Bible says, And the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ. (laughs) Well, glory. I wasn't so busy preaching, I believe I'd just stop and shout a while. Come on, Rhonda, if you don't, I'll preach all day. The kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our God and His Christ. And when that seventh trumpet sounds, The door's going to slam on the mystery phase of human history. God's going to say, enough. The trinity of hell's reigned long enough for these seven years of tribulation. The devil's had his sway for how long? Going back to the Garden of Eden where he deceived the first couple. Enough. 
with the sounding of that trumpet. I like that sign they put in the ark. The end is near. I'd change that word near to here. When this trumpet sounds, the end is here. <laughs> the end of the mystery phase is here. And that trumpet is going to usher in God's. Watch this now. The devil's been doing all this. Going to usher in God's direct and wrathful intervention in human affairs. God's going to step in. And you will see his hand tonight as we cover the seven vials of judgment. God's going to have seven vials of judgment poured out at the last on this earth and God's going to take over vial by vial step by step he's going to get the world ready to pour out his wrath how many of you know there's coming a day God's let sin run its course don't you imagine he's got a belly full of it by now and there's coming a day he's going to say okay and he's going to pour out his wrath on this earth. You'll see that tonight. You'll see that tonight as we preach on the seven vials of wrath. The way is now cleared for God's wrath to be poured out on this earth and for God to deal with this godless world in accordance with his holiness. And he's going to say to the trinity of hell and the antichrist and the devil, enough. I'm taking over. I'm bringing it all to an end. The mystery phase is ending. God's going to set the stage to take over and set the stage for his kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> Can I tell you that day is coming? His kingdom will come and his will shall be done on this earth just like it is in heaven. And it'll begin with the sounding of the seventh trumpet and move into the final phase that marches us towards the battle of Armageddon and marches us toward the king opening the heavens and coming back in the second phase of the second coming. What a time that's going to be. Would you stand with me please? Hallelujah. I guess there's only one question to close with. When all of this happens, all this is taking place, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? See, folks, you've got to answer that question now. 
Because once the trumpet sounds and the rapture takes place, you're left. We sang it as our last hymn this morning. When the roll is called up yonder, I intend to be there. When the roll is called up yonder, I intend to be there. What about you? Heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning that'll say, Brother Marley, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I don't want to be left here to go through all this. But I realize if I'm going to escape it, I have to get ready in the here and now. I have to get ready before that great trumpet sounds. And I'd like to do something about it this morning. I wonder if you'd raise your hand and just say, pray for me. Anybody here, you're lost. You don't know that you know Him. You don't know He's your Lord and Savior. But you'd like to do something about it. Anybody? Anybody in this building? Father, You know our hearts. You know us. And You love us in ways that we cannot even comprehend. Lord, I just pray this morning that if there is one in this building that doesn't know you, if there's one in this building that's not ready, Lord, will you speak to them before this day is over? Will you draw them to your precious bleeding side? And will you help them to get their hearts right with you and know that they're ready for when that trumpet sounds. I pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Bless this people, Lord. Bless this people. Fill them with a sense of your peace and your presence and your power. Help them to realize the seriousness of the day we're living in. How close we are. And how close we need to be living to you every day of our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Please let me encourage you to be back tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to look at the pouring out of the seven vials of judgment. Remember we said there are three rounds of this thing, the seals, the trumpets, the judgments, the vials. And when that's done, we're going to move into the last couple great phases. The world will go to the battle of Armageddon. It'll set the stage for the heavens to open and the Lord to come back with His saints. The beginning of the eternal kingdom. You don't want to miss. Be here tonight at 6 o'clock. Come bring somebody with you. Let's just expect the Lord to do some great and good things in the midst of His people.